Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're going to do the impossible. We're going to preview every single game on the MLS slate this weekend, and we're going to do it all in less than 10 minutes. Because here on The Backheeled Show, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. We're going to get you through these quickly and efficiently to get you primed for the second full match day of the MLS season. So without any further ado... Let's get to it and talk MLS. All right, folks, before we get into our previews, go check out backheel.com if you're looking for more Major League Soccer coverage. We have tons of good stuff over on the site right now. A look back at match day one, a look at some interesting stats from the first set of games, some overreactions that I judged over on the site in a piece that dropped this morning. We also have coverage of the U.S. Women's National Team's historic defeat to Mexico and what it means as they continue to transition from one era to the next. USL coverage and a whole bunch more. John Morrissey continues to kill it on the USL side, and we're ramping up there as the new season nears over in the championship. Now, let's talk preview. Starting with Minnesota United against the Columbus Crew. That game's on Saturday. Minnesota playing at home. They were really good against Austin FC. The Columbus Crew are a completely different test. The thing I'm most interested in for Minnesota, as they brought in a new manager, Eric Ramsey won't be on the sidelines for this game. But how does their style match up with Columbus? How adventurous are Minnesota at home? How much do they let Columbus get on the ball? And how efficient are Columbus when they create? Whoever comes out on top of that matchup with Minnesota sitting deeper and Columbus in control of the game in possession, whichever team gets the edge in that phase of play will likely have the edge in this game. Real Salt Lake taking on LAFC. LAFC, I want to see more of Mateus Bogush up top at the number nine spot. Scored a banger for them against the Sounders last weekend. And for RSL, another player I want to see more of, Matt Crooks. Came off the bench. I expect he's nearing a starting role for this team he was their real big offseason signing coming from Middlesbrough. We saw him and Diego Luno and Chicho Arango combine for a goal against St. Louis. More of that if you're an RSL fan. Inter-Miami taking on Orlando City is the next game on Saturday. For Miami, the question is still, can this team be sharper in possession? We're two games into the Inter-Miami season, let's not forget. They played on Wednesday a little over a week ago against RSL and won that game at home. They haven't been super sharp on the ball. They weren't super sharp against RSL. They weren't super sharp against the Galaxy. We've seen some uncharacteristic turnovers, and the players around the Stars don't seem like they really know how to interact with those guys on the field just yet. That's the thing to watch for Inter-Miami. For Orlando, I've got my eyes on the striker position. Duncan McGuire started the first game of the season. We saw Muriel in CCC play. Who gets the start up top, and how effective are those players? And how effective is whoever's in that spot going to be against an Inter-Miami team that poses a different challenge than any other squad in MLS? Up next, Vancouver versus Charlotte. Charlotte, I want to see more of their identity. We saw the 4-2-3-1 for Dean Smith last weekend. We saw a lot of transition play. Vancouver, we haven't seen at all in MLS play this year. We saw them in CCC. Looks like Demir Krylak's going to be in a starting role. How does he interact with Brian White and Ryan Gold? That's what you should be keeping your eye on in that matchup for Vancouver. Chicago taking on FC Cincinnati. I'm excited to get more time watching Brian Gutierrez, who started off well, a goal and an assist for the fire in their season opener against the Philadelphia Union. And for FC Cincinnati... This team is in a real transition. They are figuring out how to play without Brendan Vasquez. They're bigger, more hold-up-y kind of guy in the front line who can also push back lines back with his movement up top. They're learning how to play without him. They're learning how to deal with midfield personnel changes. Same in the back line. Same in the wing-back spots. 
this team is evolving, and can they hit their level from last year? They didn't in week one. We'll see what this one looks like against Chicago. FC Dallas against CF Montreal, two teams with new tactical approaches. That's the thesis for this match. Both teams now in 3-4-3 shapes. Both teams, it seems, inspired at least somewhat by Wilfred Nance. Dallas, do we get to see Jesus Ferreira and Paxton Pomico and, and even big money record-breaking signing Peter Musa up top? We're going to find out this weekend. And for CF Montreal, how aggressive are they in possession? How much do they try to keep the ball after deliberately playing more against it against Orlando City on the road in week one? This should be a fun and fairly aesthetically pleasing game between two teams on the rise. Sporting Kansas City taking on the Philadelphia Union. This is SKC's home opener. I want to see them look more lifelike in the attack. They were dreary on the ball against the Dynamo in match day one. They relied on an Eric Tommy solo goal to get them on the board at all in that game. Does the home version of SKC look a lot different than the away version? I expect it will, but how much different is the real question. And for the Union, I want to see more of these young eights. We get to see Quinn Sullivan and Jack McGlynn start in the number eight spots for them to start the season. I love that look, and we'll see plenty of Alejandro Bedoya as the season goes on as well. But Quinn Sullivan looked fairly comfortable in that spot, and McGlynn had probably the pass of the week in that opener for Philly against Chicago. More of that from Jim Curtin, please and thank you. St. Louis City taking on New York City. I want to see both of these teams continue to lean further into their identity. St. Louis lacked intensity in their season opener against St. Louis. Everybody basically who had a chance to talk to the media after the game talked about that from the St. Louis side. NYCFC were impotent in possession against Charlotte to open their season. They created very, very little despite adding real talent in the attack over the offseason. The pieces aren't gelling, and St. Louis is not going to be an easy game for them to start gelling. Who wins that battle? Who's more comfortable in their identity? I think is going to have a big impact on who wins this game. Moving to the Houston Dynamo against the New York Red Bulls. Houston pick up a big win, advancing in CCC play earlier in the week. That got them past St. Louis. They're missing pieces. They're missing a starting number nine. They're missing a starting left winger now after injuries. They still don't have Ache Ache. This is a team that doesn't have the same amount of resources, and yet they were able to pull something out of almost nothing against SKC, courtesy of Coco Carasquilla playing some beautiful passes in the attacking third. Can they find rhythm against the Red Bulls, or does Emil Forsberg just completely take over the game as the Red Bulls press the life out of the Houston Dynamo? How efficient the Dynamo are in the final third, but then also in their buildup against the Red Bulls press is going to have a real chance to define this matchup. Colorado taking on Nashville SC. Not a good start to the year if you're a Colorado Rapids fan shipping four goals to the Portland Timbers. Look, you're not going to ship four goals in every game. That's just not how this sport works. But the pressing was not coordinated. There were way too many gaps in midfield. And the back line for Colorado, probably most worryingly, didn't look up for it. Sam Vines didn't have his best day. Keegan Rosenberry on the right side certainly did not have his best day. Can this team become something more or at least equal to the sum of its parts? We'll see that against Nashville, where they're going to have to continue to be a protagonist, as they were for most of the game against the Timbers, because they were down for most of that game in Portland. Nashville, really hard to make a judgment on this team with so many of their DPs out in match day one. We're going to see a closer to normal squad in this game, but how close, how many of the DPs are actually going to play, hard to say, and until we see that, it's difficult to make any conclusions about this Nashville team. The same goes for Seattle, as they take on Austin FC. Seattle were missing a ton of starters last weekend. They're going to be missing some players again this weekend. Hard to take too much out of what is expected to be still a fairly straightforward game against Austin FC, who don't have a real edge in any part of the game right now under Josh Wolf. The San Jose Earthquakes taking on the LA Galaxy. I want to see Amal Pellegrino start from the beginning. The opening whistle on the left side opposite Christian Espinosa. We saw some good flashes from him off the bench against Dallas. He should be in the 11. And for the Galaxy to stick with the winger theme, I want to see more of Joseph Pancil 
and I want to see more of Gabriel Peck. These guys look legit, and I'm ready to see 90 minutes of them playing together with Ricky Pooj pulling the strings centrally. Portland taking on D.C., Two teams with new coaches, Phil Neville and the Portland Timbers, they're going to have to control more of the ball against a high-pressing now DC United team. How do they do? How comfortable are they building from the back? What does Kamal Miller give them on that front? I'm watching most closely in this game that Portland buildup against DC United's high press. Finally, to close out the weekend slate, the New England Revolution taking on Toronto FC. For New England, I'm still looking at how the Revs find high-end talent outside of Carles Hill. Veroni did not cover himself in glory last week and won't be on the field this week as a DP number nine. But what can Thomas Chunkalai in particular bring in this game against a Toronto FC team that outperformed expectations in week one against FC Cincinnati? I want to get a closer look at Davey Flores, who was brilliant against Cincy. And I want to see more of where Herdman uses Bernadeschi and Insigne. Is he going to stick with Bernadeschi at right wing back or do things shift as they often do for John Herdman? We'll find out on Sunday. All right, folks, I'm taking a deep breath. <laughs> that is it for this episode of the Backheeled Show, a full MLS weekend preview. If you want more MLS coverage, go check out backheeled.com. We are out of time, so for now, I will talk to you all again real soon.